Good afternoon and welcome to the Pokeball Podcast. I'm Tyler, also known as Bellybolt VGC, here with my co-host Chris Titan Nexus. <laughs> Tonight we plan to discuss the current state of the Regulation D meta, the Beanie Brawl and Nino Tour that just occurred this past week, and we're going to go over DLC rumors and speculation from Brettler Coup. Heck yeah. I'm really excited to look over these uh, Beanie Brawl and Nino Tour results. I played in the Beanie Brawl. I didn't make it into the Nino Tour. Um, had some friends that played in it and did really well, though, and some things we can talk on later. Yeah, so uh, first up here, I have the Beanie Brawl up on the screen. Um, talk about really the meta of it. And we've kind of talked about this before, like just how diverse like this whole thing is it's really chaotic how many different types of teams there are right now in the meta it doesn't even almost like you almost can't even call it a meta it's so diverse and just chaotic other than obviously Fluttermane and Urshifu <laughs> right I think Urshifu is like one of the only standards in Fluttermane yeah it's it's crazy like one two three four like so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Uh, pretty much every team uh, has either a Fluttermane or Urshifu on it. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that going through the other day myself. Uh, that and Iron Hands too. I noticed Iron Hands is a really popular one. Um, he's really good. He's just uh, he's he's been consistent ever since uh, Series Two. Like Iron Hands just. I'm not sure what it is. Like he just he fills that really good fighting Pokemon electric type niche that people a lot of people need on their team. Uh, he's got that fake out support and or and a lot of people are actually running it with heavy slam now for fl countering Fluttermane or an Amorous. Uh, and now he's uh he's pretty good into uh he he's pretty good into. Ursaluna too, like that Drain Punch does a lot if you catch him in a switch in or something like that too. Yeah, the hits, the amount of damage that Iron Hands can do and the amount of tank that it has behind it in health pool is just kind of impressive. You know, the even in Reg D with his hyper offensive that it is, it's it's wild that, you know, Hands still is a tank, you know, like no other. And can take so many hits, so it's really impressive that it's it's kind of making this rise in the meta right now. Um, I am interested to see kind of how that dictates Mons. Like, um, you know, Ursa Luna kind of picked up. I feel like Ursa Luna teams are performing better, and we're seeing them higher in some of the like standings now. You know, like right there in second place and what fifth place. Uh, looks like we have a couple others right at the bottom there in fourteen. Um, I feel like it's something that like wasn't performing that well, but now that there's Iron Hands running around, it's a Mon that is very, you know, it's prominent and it's running around everywhere, and it's doing very well too because of having ground coverage and naturally having a good matchup into Iron Hands. I do know that there was like a normal Terra facade that everyone was trying to run. It, it's a little less uh, attractive to run that now because Iron Hands is running around with Drain Punch and can just you know work you if you go into that normal Terra. Uh, so it's something that you do have to worry about. Um, I think that the Terra may start changing over to kind of reflect that. You know, you might start seeing more Ghost Terras 
um, or, you know, something along those lines to counter Iron Hands, even like Poison maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I think Ursaluna is really strong. I think we'll see it pick up more. Frigoraph, um, Cresselia, Trick Room teams. Um, Heatran is a mon that I think was in question. Uh, Chris, how do you feel about Heatran? I really like Heatran. He's such a good mon. Um, he 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 fills a spot that we've really been wanting. Uh, which is that Chi Yu kind of filled it, but Chi Yu also kind of was a detriment on your own teammates with his ability a little bit. Whereas Heatran doesn't really have that. Plus he's immune to fi- uh, plus he's immune to like fire types. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then with the right Terra, he just becomes really hard to get off the field <laughs> yeah that's so true uh so ursa luna um really strong how what about urshifu i feel like urshifu's a mon that like depending on how it's used i feel like it's very oppressive and can be a mon that like i hate facing and then certain items you know like Focus Sash is kind of annoying because the Mon can be around. Like, you know, you may expect to get an Oko on it, and you don't, and then it can be around for that other hit, so you do have to double into it, which can cause, like, pressure from, a you know, its partner Pokemon. I think that's a really strong combo. And then a lot, uh, to the, like, Choice Band, you know, or Choice Scarf. So, like, Urshifu being, to, being able to outspeed, like, almost anything, really, in the format. And I know a lot of a lot of players are using Urshifu with Scarf and still having Tailwind support along with it. You know, it's a team that I ran myself. So I do think that it's something that, like, those two builds of Urshifu are scary, but that now, like, Mystic Water, I don't know why, but, like, when I see that build of Urshifu, I feel like I have answers to it, you know? Like, I don't know why, like, the being outsped and, like, under Tailwind having that much speed is just, like, really oppressive, um... As compared to, like, Mystic Water, that them having that extra little damage is, like, that's really nice, but, like, I still am able to pivot into something that's going to live the hit, and, you know... I, I don't it's see just it not being, as scary. Yeah, yeah, it's not as scary as, like, the ch- Choice Scarf or, you know, Focus Sash set. It does really hit hard, like, really insane, uh, insane amount of damage, but, like you said, you can pivot something in that can take the hit. I do feel like we are seeing the rise of those of the gimmick uh, trick room teams and stuff like that. Um, like you were saying earlier with Ursaluna, um, I don't know if it's gonna fall off before Worlds. I could kind of see it happen. Uh, could could kind of see it maybe. Um, but the other thing I really wanted to talk about is like how consistent rain teams have been <laughs> like rain is just always up there in that top like this, now this is beanie's tour here correct yeah this one's can beanie's. you would you mind to bring up nino's as well yeah so th- it's just something that like you we know rain is on here we've seen it you know perform very well in this tournament in tournaments before beanie's tournament in reg d rain has been very strong and then even in Nino's tour, yep, Rain right still <laughs> proves to be very strong, you know, top 10. So f- for Rain to be sticking around like that, you know, I think it's kind of a sign to to show that, like, it's here in the meta and it's going to stay. Um, there may be answers that kind of arise for it, and, you know, 
kind of counterplays. But as that arises, you know, the, the changes and varieties will come to the team and kind of adaptations to that as well. So I'm really interested to see the, the combo, you know. Does Pelipper st stick around or does Tornadus Rain Dance, you know, does that become something that's... I always feel like we're going to need that manual rain. I mean, uh, that auto rain, like the setup. Setting it for free, yeah. Yeah. Um, it has a whether really or not good it stays with Pelipper is another too. thing. Yeah. Whether or not it stays with Pelipper once Kyogre or Politoed are in the format or something is, is another thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this is going to be... You don't see Sun notice, though. Like, yeah, that's true. and Sun was the dominant one for Regulation C. So, I, I just think that's interesting how we went from Rain at the beginning of Series 2 was really dominant, then Sun, and now Rain again. <laughs> yeah, I do think that the archetype for Sun, like, players haven't figured out, with it being early in the meta, like, players haven't figured out the archetype for that just yet. Um, I think that, like, as time goes on, players will figure out how to use Torkoal appropriately on teams in Reg D. I, I don't think that it has, like, too many major threats besides, like, Ursa Luna. Um, well, I think I mean, the other yeah, issue is Heatran. Heatran yeah, kind of makes it a lot less useful, like, because one of the biggest things for it was that eruption, and he, so many people are running Heatran now. It's just kind of like, eh. Yep, or Hisuian Arcanine, for that matter. Yeah, that Flash Flyer is huge. And, like, switching into that and getting that boost and then, like, you know, just having those boosted heat waves to spam. It is very dangerous, and I think that it's not as good in the format right now. Um, you know, I, I think that it may arise as if weather continues to be as prominent as it is. I think it'll find places on teams. There's a lot of Trick Room teams around, you know, like... For instance, like uh, in slot five, you know, there's the Cresselia Trick Room team, and like it has Arcanine on it for Intimidate support and stuff. But like, you know, there's no reason why Sun couldn't fit on it to counter a team like that, and like have the ability to switch in and out for you know to counter those teams. But it's I think that 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 team there is very strong in itself too. You know, the Arcanine respectively has its own spot on that team. Uh, speaking of Trick Room, I did want to bring up another mod that's been give, running around and giving a lot more problems lately, which is the Sephirigarath. Like, it's been popping up a lot more in those top tens for tournaments, uh, and I actually lost to it in the finals of the Palkia Tour as well. Uh, it's just, if you don't have an answer for it, <laughs> it's kind of just like, ugh. It, it just becomes kind of a hindrance to try yeah, to get Frigarath rid of it. is very tough. It's a very bulky Pokemon, too, depending on how the EV spread is spread out. Um, incredibly hard to deal with, you know, normally first turn, like trying to get rid of it first turn. If you don't have, like, the, the super effective matchup into it, it's it's very hard to deal with. Um, there's another team here on the Nino Tour that I would really like to talk about. Um, if you could scroll down, um, I think it's, like, somewhere in the 30s. There we go. Um, right there, 43. Uh, made it to day two on in Nino's tour. This is like a 600-person tour. Um, Claude Sire. This is a friend of ours team, Ploppy, uh, who built this team here. Uh, it's really impressive to me um, 
looking at it, you know, he had a friend build it. Uh, Chen Pao Dragapult. Instead of the Chen Pao Dragonite, it's the Chen Pao Dragapult matchup. With Dragon Dragon Darts for coverage, you know, that's a dual spread move. Um, you have Phantom Force, U-Turn. And these are really fast. You know, Dragapult's as fast as Dragapult is, having that really fast U-Turn and pivot into Frigoraph, Claude Sire. Um, Claude Sire was a really interesting pick for me. I think it's very anti-meta right now. Um, with Water Absorb, um, having a very good matchup into hands. Um, a lot of the mons that we were talking about, you know, Yawn Support, Helping Hand. Um, it just it, get, it it allows you to answer a lot of the common threats right now and gives you just a lot of uh, support. Um, Iron Hands next to it with Fluttermane. Uh, you still have those, like, really hyper-offensive mons that we're seeing a lot in the format, while also, like... The, these are all regulation C mons, or you know maybe even before that. The only reg C mon is Chen Pao. This is more so down the alley of like a series one team with a ruin mon on it. Yeah, pretty much. So it's very interesting team, I think. And like Ploppy's a very good player, so hats off to like performing as well with a team like this. I've seen it on ladder a lot, and like I've been beat by it on ladder, but I've also beat it several times now too. So I think a lot of it's like skillful, like being able to position right with a team like that. But I do think it speaks to like the creativity that we're seeing in this meta right now that there are these niche mons that will start picking up that have these very anti-meta, you know, abilities or niche fits on a team that makes them able to answer some of these meta picks right now. Yeah. Uh, Golden goes resurgence uh is another one that's just like that like he's popping back up uh gastrodon too was the other one uh that i wanted to talk about because he's been popping up more and more as well like we're seeing those mons that are just anti-meta picks that are coming out of the woodwork and they're performing pretty well in these tournaments yeah i think gastrodon is one that like picked up but like oh everyone would just kind of switch to dry urshifu when they when gastrodon was picking up so it's it's a mon that i think it, it, it kind of hits those like 30s top 20s placements but i've not seen it in like the leaderboards for any major tournaments i think it's won like some smaller tournaments with like 20 to 30 people in them but in these bigger tournaments it's kind of falling down in like lower placements but i think that's just due to like there's a lot of dry urshifus out there and teams that are moving away from strictly relying on urshifu because of that so they have you know answers around matching up into gastrodon you know like bundle being on this list here i would have not have expect bundle if you would have talked to me a week or two ago about reg d and like where i thought bundle would fall i would not expect to see it in the top 20 in day two on this nino tour list here yeah um, the team is really it, falling off yeah, it's, it's, it's a mon that's really fallen off, but here you find someone who, you know, succeeded really well with it. And not only that, like, last night in, you know, the Pokevolt Weekly Tour um, that we host on Sundays, it we just had a player, D-Man, who won, and there was a bundle on his team as well. So seeing bundle kind of make this weird resurgence at a time where, like, I think a lot of people underestimate bundle, but when, like, Pelipper Rain is very common with Ghost Terra to avoid, like, Dragonite Chen Pao combos, that freeze dry is still hitting into that Pelipper incredibly hard, even with the Ghost Terra. Um, you know, so a double into it, it it's not avoiding 
dying there and i'm not seeing a ton of protects on pelipper um so it's it's very interesting to kind of see how the meta will develop and like where these teams will sit in a couple weeks um it, it it's getting very interesting i think worlds is going to be very fun to watch this year yeah that's another thing i wanted to bring up we're seeing a lot less protect on teams because of urshifu so a lot of teams are opting to run a of not having it on so on most of their mons now you're seeing more choice scarf more choice band more specs because of urshifu so yeah it, it like you said it's going to be really interesting to see worlds this year like i feel like it's going to be an absolute cluster of chaos and i'm down for it honestly <laughs> it's kind of wild like the like just quickly like the how harsh of a change it was from Reg C to now with Urshifu being around. Like you were just saying, like no one, it's very common. Like you were saying, there's six, I've seen a lot of teams just six mons with no protects. Yeah. There won't be a single protect across the board. So, and, you know, and then coming out of just playing at NAIC, I can't tell you how many teams every single mon had protect on it and hit it every other single turn. You know, it was just like, good God, like, what are we playing here? You know, like, and then now it's like no one has protect on mods and there's all these support sets like helping hand and like, like you said, choice scarves, choice bands, choice specs. They're very common now as to where like just a couple weeks ago, we weren't seeing as very many of them at all. Yeah, absolutely. It's this, uh, this influx of all these mods has really broken the what i would call that meta wheel that we discussed before and uh <laughs> yeah I, i'm super excited to see what worlds has to offer uh and speaking of worlds i uh, we have a joint podcast with sly abby and josh dank next week uh that we will be coming out with it's going to be a special episode of the Pokeball podcast. We're doing a joint collaboration with their podcast. So look forward to that episode. Yeah, that'll be really fun. I'm excited for that. Uh, let's go ahead and look into the rumors now. The juicy. The rumors. The speculation. This kind of stuff isn't for you. Now's the time to leave. We had some diff like technical difficulties report recording the podcast. So like recording a day later, there was some drama that arised and like came out between all the you know like everyone on Twitter. You know the with the rumor wars that go on. I'm sure we're all well aware of the drama of like everyone wants to be right and like I leaked this and like. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's it's kind of funny that we talked about this yesterday while we were recording, and then we lost that audio, and then it was like a few hours later, Centro reported, "Oh, this is completely fake. There's no way this is happening." And then like thirty minutes later, Riddler posted and was like, "Uh, yeah, we're we're pretty much we're getting this uh picture you can see up here of this uh, watermelon coughing, basically like." <laughs> pretty much confirmed something similar to it but yeah let's go ahead and jump into it so this uh this was a post by someone uh they've actually been a pretty credible source in the past 
Um, and a lot of this information is really derived from the Riddler Coups riddles, uh, and it's pretty accurate to it. Uh, so it says there's going to be 15 new Pokemon total that's going to be in the DLC. Seven for the Teal Mask, eight for the Indigo Disc. Uh, so far, we do know of, I want to say... Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate because we got the five, uh, four new legendary, uh, four new legendary mon, uh, with Monkey Dory, Pheasantipity, uh, Okidogi, and o Ogre Pond, and then it's rumored that we're getting uh, a new coughing, um, a new Mighty Anna evolution, and possibly a new um either apom evolution or gligar evolution so that's that's very possible like we could be getting this um but it says uh monkey monkey dory's type is going to be poison psychic which pretty good typing uh pheasantipity is going to be poison fairy and okidogi will be poison fighting with ogre pond being pure grass I like I it's so believable I mean that like and I know some of it's kind of like obvious stuff here but like just like reading back over this the more and more like it just this one is so there's so many aspects to it that are believable to me yeah I would say this post is probably like 90% accurate the like pheasantipity's typing alone when I read that like I was like oh yeah like as a pheasant like I thought maybe poison flying so like we could maybe it's wrong yeah, but that that you know, I mean that seems also right. really obvious though too. Like, it does, and that's why like I think and like it kind of looks like mystical and like just like maybe fairy and like poison fairy is really interesting. It gets rid of one of the you know poison weakness on fairy's end. It adds some weaknesses, but also like it, it neutralizes them. So like it's it's really interesting to see where it'll fall. Um, Okie Dogie's type being poison fighting, I kind of see that, you know, like with the whole like tough guy crossing his arms, looking like he's in a metal band. Um, and then purple, you know, it's the theme. The green is kind of weird, you know, like may I thought maybe grass would be in there somewhere, but you know, I think that may have something to do with Ogre Pond and them like relating back to Ogre Pond. Yeah, so the next part of it, it says that they'll transform in their masks for Ogre Pond, which we've seen a lot about the masks in, uh, the DLC trailer and stuff like that. And it says it's a fusion concept similar to Necrozma. Uh, you'll gain access to the special terror power in the Indigo Disc DLC that will allow Masked Ogre Pond fused with the Loyal 3 to transform into its Oni form. So I'm wondering if that's similar to maybe like how you do Calyrex with the Reigns of Unity, how the two, how the mods will become like one and he becomes like the Oni, which would be really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's really cool. And, like, the whole, like, Power Rangers aspect that they're going, it kind of, like, makes sense because, like, all of them will unite to become, like, the, you know, like, Megazord or whatever. But it's just kind of weird, like, th three Pokemon becoming into one. Like, I don't know. We've just never seen it before. So, like, it's kind of, like, it's over my head here. And that this is the one part of the, like, this rumor that I'm, like, pfft. Yeah, maybe, oh, no. maybe not. Like, I yeah, mean, they, I, they've I, done stuff like that before, though. So, they, like, it's not outside the realm of possibility. It's not. And that, like I said, with the whole, like, Power Rangers mass themes that we're seeing, 
I think it kind of plays into that whole like you know uniting as one how the Power Rangers did you know and that whole like theme and I think they're kind of paying respects to that theme so I I do think that there's a chance yeah the ghost dark typing that it says it's gonna get is uh not very good that's also yeah not very good (laughs) but believable yeah I think that was the most believable aspect I was like oh the typing's terrible that's probably real (laughs) yeah uh, it says one of the new Pokemon in the teal mask is a watermelon Pokemon that looks like the same as uh, same as coughing, uh, which few hours after this came out, Centro said that's fake. And then Riddleku posted a picture, uh, a pictured a tweet that just said edible. And then he posted four different mons and was like, which one of these? So, and of course, Weezing was on there. So, yeah, uh, that sounds super believable. We're probably going to get a watermelon-style coughing. And that makes sense with the island theme. Yeah, the... Yeah, it, I mean, it makes sense to me, because he showed... He put Weezing in there, and then it was gulping, too. And the riddle said first, and then had purple to green, and then, you know, who are you... And then he posts his picture again, but, like, Gulpin's from the third generation. So, like, where did the third come in? But maybe, like, that three mark, and then, like, you know, this is, the first was just referencing, like, this is the first leak, like, the first of three that I will do, because there probably are three regional fakes. If you look at the 15 Pokemon that they're talking about, like, we haven't got close to that 15, so, like, three more regional fakes would put us kind of close to that 15. So... Maybe the first one, he's just meaning that this is the first Pokemon. Maybe that didn't mean the first generation. So Gulpin still fits into that very well because both lines are purple. Both could very easily turn into an edible Pokemon. Watermelon, ice cream, soup. Uh, There's, I mean, there's... Come, like there's so many things like you know edible things that it can turn into i do think that this coughing here is amazing you know don't get me wrong and i think it's very believable and seeing wheezing in that lineup really does make me think that like if he did mean first you know if that's what he means by the first is first generation it's definitely coughing then i mean there's no questions to it. i get sad at the fact that this says seven possible for the tail mask new ones when we already know like four of the legendaries and then we've already got pretty much uh, Mighty Anna confirmed, and then this one. Because that means we're probably not going to get the Gligar um, the Gligar and Ambipom evolutions that I really wanted. Like, I really wanted like, I wouldn't hold this as truth either, because I feel like, like that's, that's what we're the, getting. That's perfect, like, food for them. Why wouldn't they touch those mods? The betas that existed. Yeah. Look at Belly Bolt and Politoed. If we don't get those mons, we get mons similar to that, like new mons, regional fakes that'll be similar to them. You know, like it could be. Yeah. They're they're talking about an edible one here, but like we don't know the other regional fakes that we could get. We could get a Gligar regional fake. That's true. They could be an Indigo disc. You know, there's. I don't. I wouldn't hold all of this as like you know truth. They could they could be wrong off on the number of how many Pokemon. They may hit on points of this being true. But they could be off on those numbers because I do feel like are they not counting paradox forms here? Because there's no way we don't get new paradox forms. Like just only getting Raikou, Entei, and 
uh, what, Terekian and Kabalian. Do you think that that'll be the only Paradox Mons that we get in this? I, I, I mean, yeah, I could see that, honestly. Like, them not pushing out more Paradox Mons, like, I could really see that, honestly. That's wild. I... They're, they're, they could, they could be, like, I feel like they could be really stingy with this first DLC. Yeah. I, they could be stingy with both, you know, just not give us very much in both and hold out for that next game or, you know, maybe third DLC that everyone speculates. Yeah. Yeah, I do, uh, I do think the whole, them tying this into possibly a Unova game next year and, like, tying the DLC with the Unova game, I think that's an awesome concept. That's going to build more hype for that game coming out next year and make more people want to play this DLC as well because they're going to want to tie it to that game. Which I think I'm shocked Pokemon hasn't done that before, like with other things. Like, tie these games together. Like, uh, you were saying yesterday we had uh, the past in uh, future, past and future. Why wasn't there any connection to uh, Legends yeah, they like missed, in this game? Like, there's so much the of an opportunity. Like, and I still think in the DLC they may, but yeah, they missed the ball with that. I mean, and they still could. We still know that there's probably two more DLCs that are coming out, but I'd love to see the connection between games. That's really what I want to see. Yeah. Is I, I would love to see that there. Just the opportunity, like we were talking about the other day when I brought this up, you know, the professors, like you could bring the professors back into a, in a Legends, the next Legends game, whether it's Legends Unova, whatever it may be, if there's a Legends game, those games are in the past. The professors could be in them in some way, and they could be trying to communicate back with the future so they could talk to their son Arvin. We have this storyline that drug me to tears. Keep playing on that. It's it's so I don't see why they wouldn't you know like a storyline that that was that in depth and that I feel like they probably put more storyline work into this Scarlet and Violet than they have in any past Pokemon maybe Black and White came close to the development but Scarlet and Violet the story felt really really worked on to me that like it was probably one of the better written Pokemon stories that's ever came out so for them to kind of just let that die I don't see it happening that whole storyline with Arvin. The past and the future, legends being a thing that just started happening, you know, like our characters being split in timelines from the past and future. Um, and then Pokemon from, you know, there was the whole like paradox thing where like there were the time bubbles popping up and Pokemon were popping up from the, from the, you know, future in the past. So it does, it, it brings that whole aspect of like when, you know, those could pop up in one of these Scarlet and Violet games in the future. You know, and bring Pokemon from the past to the future in some aspect or, you know, something along those lines. Um, I just think that they'll really miss the mark, too, if they don't do Paradox Mons. Some of these DLC Mons that they're bringing in, I think some of them won't have life in VGC when they really could if they just had, like, a form or a stat change. And the Paradox really showed us that with, like, you know, Horiyama, you know, Iron Hands version. Like, look, at, we were just talking about Iron Hands and Reg D still being crazy strong. Fluttermane. These Paradox Mons still stick around like crazy. So to see maybe some of these older Mons coming back in the D DLC get Paradox love, I think a lot of people are rooting for that, and they may miss the ball if they don't do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
yeah, that Arvin storyline, it, it hit my heart, especially when it was like his dog. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> what what I need to knock out? Like, I'm going for it. Like, I'm saving right? the dog. I, I thought the whole game. <laughs> I'm a dog lover. <laughs> like, I that thought they were going to kill the dog the whole game. I know you're a dog lover and got all the dogs at your house, but like, man, it was. I was, I was like, are they going to do this to us? Are they really going to kill a Pokemon right now for the first time ever? I was like, sheesh, this hurts. But yeah, th- it's a. It's they have such a great opportunity right now to really play towards their fandom, and I really hope they yeah, take advantage of it. Me too. The yes, floor sir. is yours, sir. All right. Uh, so we talked a little bit earlier about our next episode. We will be doing a joint episode with our friends Sly Abby and Josh Dank. Um, really look forward to that. We will be talking about worlds and making some predictions on worlds. Um, and we will be, you know, talking about some of our experiences meeting each other throughout this year, playing at Play Pokemon events. Um, if you are a player that's interested in being on the podcast, we are always looking for new guests. Um, reach out to us at pokevolclub at gmail.com. Um, you can always reach out to us on our socials. Um, and we will be bringing on some guests in the future uh, just to kind of like rattle some off. We'll be bringing back some of our friends. Uh, that you've seen on the show before. We'll be bringing on Nino in the future. Uh, we just went over his tour results. Um, and we're looking to get some more uh, top-level VGC players, um, potentially after Worlds, to get some nice interviews going. Um, so reach out to us if you're interested. Even new players, we always love giving new players a platform. That's something that we've prided ourselves in all year long. Um we will be starting to round up our first season here with these next few episodes. So thanks again for all the support through this year. Um, we have a lot of new stuff in the works coming for season two. So thank you again for all your support. Titan, thanks for being on with me today. Not a problem. Thank you guys so much for your support. Mm-hmm.